Chris Hocking is the principal of the Arts Educational Schools London. Following a successful career in performing and choreography, he turned to education, working at top drama schools before coming to Arts Ed and being made principal in 2017. Arts Ed continues to deliver the highest level of training and leads by example with innovation and diversity. Hello Chris, how are you doing today? Um, I'm doing very well, thank you very much, and how are you? Yeah, yeah, we're pretty good, we're pretty good. How, how are you doing Christian? You, you're a bit quiet over there. I'm not too bad, I've got a bit of a strained neck at the minute, so I'll be at the physio later, but apart from that, all good. We're doing, <laughs> we're doing good, fantastic. So, um, we thought we'd bring you on today, Chris, and um, we're so thankful for your, for your time and, and your knowledge that you're going to impart on us this afternoon, as we really wanted to do an episode on drama schools. We think that it's such a discussed topic in the industry. I mean, so many people train, some don't, but it's something we, we really want to take a deep dive in. So this episode of The Essentials is on drama schools, and we thought a really, you know, sort of simple question to start off with to ask you is, what is a drama school? So, um... We're still trying to find that out, <laughs> but <laughs> um, drama school is where somebody who wants to go into theatre, film, television, musical theatre, uh, can go and hone their craft. Um, a drama school is very different from uh, doing a course at a university, drama university, um, or, or a programme at uh, a college, because it's vocational. And vocational means is that pretty much it is your life. You are in college from 8.30 through to 6.30, pretty much every single day, 33 weeks a year for three years. So the, the training get is very, very intense. Um, and it's also, because it's vocational, unlike any vocational degrees, it's very practical as well. Um, so we're very much about it. It's all very well and good. You've been able to talk about acting or singing or dance, but drama school is very much, this is where you actually do it. Okay. Yeah, I, I went to um, university for a year doing acting prior to uh, auditioning for drama schools. And it's, it's uh, the difference is huge. I mean, the drama school audition process is very, very difficult in terms of the odds of actually getting a place, thousands of auditions and how scary it can be. What do you think of the, those common statements that you hear are true, as in the numbers of people auditioning and, and the different types of monologues and people do you hear all sorts of stories yeah i think there's a, there's a lot of myth about drama schools and uh, i'm sure you're well aware that drama schools are taking quite a bashing at the moment and mm. and and for a lot of reasons uh, quite rightly um but actually certainly for art said it is a very welcoming warm place um, that we want people to achieve what they what their goals are. So um, it is for some people it's really difficult to get into drama school, and for some people, literally the doors are flung open and they walk in. So um, it, it, there is a place pretty much for everyone, and you've got to find which drama school suits you. So for example, we may offer somebody a base, go yeah, we think you're great, and they may be like actually this is not the fit for me um, and and vice versa as well so um, it is about people finding their fit and also finding people that we think will work with our ethos and our values. Mm, absolutely you, you sort of mentioned there um, briefly the attitude at least of the art said audition process being you know trying to be um, warm and, and welcoming I, I remember certainly feeling that when I did my um, 
my acting audition those years ago. Are there any sort of practical ways that your art said audition process differs from other schools that you're aware of? And how do you think that process can be improved even more? Or are you in the process of improving or changing it? Um, yeah, that's a great question. We're trying to improve all the time. Um, and uh, I'll get on to future developments in, in a moment. But um, I think one of the things that we do slightly different here is that we don't have a huge amount of loads of rounds. People say, I'm on my third round for this or fourth round for this. We try to do it all in one or two sessions. And what you get as soon as you walk in, you get the, you get the, the top dogs, as it were. So when you're auditioning for the School of Acting, the first person that you will meet and say, says hello to you is the person who runs the course. It's Julie Spencer. She's the, she's the course um, leader. She's the director of the School of Acting. So you see you see all the top people. The head, the head of voice will audition you. You'll be having your screen test with the head of film and television. In musical theatre, you'd be auditioned by the head of dance, the head of singing, and the head of acting. And also you could have an interview with the principal as well. So you do get a real sense of what Art said offers. And so there's no surprises. The people that audition you are the people that are actually going to teach you as well. So drama schools are developing, evolving, some are having to do a lot of catch-up, um, but the audition is uh, something that we're continually talking about at the moment, especially in a global pandemic. Mm. We want more people to audition for drama schools, and there is a school of thought by having first rounds online, is that actually you're opening uh, out the audition process to, um, to more people, um, there is an our counter argument is like, well, you will be opening out to more people only if they have great Wi-Fi and very good computer equipment. So they're the things that we're kind of wrestling with at the moment and, and, and how to reach lots of different people who but who potentially don't have the tech to be able to do it. So what's different at the moment? Well, we can't audition people in real life, which is just so odd in many respects, because if you want to, someone to spend three years with you, you want to get to see what they're like. And I think we've all experienced the whole Zoom phenomenon of working with people in, in two dimension rather than 4D. Uh, and so that's that's a really interesting thing that we're trying to work with. But having said that, at the same time, drama schools are now pretty much following the business where self-tapes, that's how, that's how you get a, obviously a TV show film initially, maybe finally, um, musical theatre is now even catching up with that as well. So much is done on self-tape, and now drama schools kind of leading um, are following that lead. Uh, but at the same time, it's slightly different having a self-tape for to do it a, a five, fifteen-second commercial, hmm. rather as opposed to three years in the building. So we're very keen after the first round of self-tapes to get people in the building just to see how they react with other people, and of course that's the essence of acting. Yeah, it's really valuable to, to actually get in the room with the teachers and feel the vibe of the place, isn't it? Um, going back to the, the audition process, I know when I was selecting audition pieces, it's so, so tough to do. What advice would you give to candidates? Are there any traps to avoid? Yeah, absolutely. You, you, you've just got to be yourself. You've got to find something that not you think will show you off, that it's actually something that you are. So, um, and something that you are so comfortable, relaxed, 
at home with. So when you go into a stressful uh, situation, that it's just so in your body, it's so in your voice, it's so in your head, you don't need to think about or worry about lines. The last thing we need to see is somebody groping for for a line. The last thing we want to see is um, somebody just singing a song and just singing the notes. Um, uh, So when it comes to very famous monologues, we don't really mind that much. It's what you bring to the table as long as you're not doing a copy of somebody else, we can hear the same monologue over and over again and somebody can come in and go, wow, that's what that means. Gosh, that's what that song means. And so that is the thing that we really look for is that individuality and somebody being a little bit brave and inventive with something rather than just doing a copy of this is how, this is how I think acting should be done. So don't second guess, just be yourself. Don't try and think what we're thinking. It's impossible. Yeah. Do you have any tips for people that, um, you know, as in, you know, as you go through your training and then you graduate, you sort of, you don't necessarily conquer nerves, but you get much more used to them and, and you, you find your processes at dealing with them. But in the audition process to get to training, a lot of people do struggle with nerves that might be fantastic actors. I know, I know, you know, most drama school people that I've spoken to, um, teachers, you're looking for that sort of diamond in the rough. You're not looking for that finished product. You're looking for someone that you can improve and, and teach how how do what advice would you give to people that might be struggling with with nerves or um, are there any other big mistakes that you you should avoid in the audition process um yes again great so uh, try to it's it's the whole second guessing thing is look you could come in and audition for us and and do a monologue and get every single word wrong in the wrong order (laughs) but somehow you make sense of it somehow there's a spark it's not an audition for drama school, and certainly not for art said, it's not a memory test. Oh, well done, they remember their monologue. Well done, they remember their song. They're in. It's got nothing to do with that. So you could walk out of the room and think it was the, the worst performance of that piece you've ever done. But actually, we go, do you know what? There's something here. There is something so exciting. And I think you, you know art said, and that's something that we find very, very attractive. There's that rough diamond, something we go, yeah, this is, there's something really instinctive here, something that we can really work with. Um, if something is overly polished and over rehearsed, it just leaves nothing to our imagination. I think that is something to really, really avoid. Um, the other thing is also, you think people in drama schools are very extrovert and larger than life. Now, don't get me wrong, there are moments of pure drama in a drama school <laughs> and it's called a drama school for a very reason exactly <laughs> but if you even if you think like you two guys and in your year most people are actually very focused in the work quite introvert in a way so if you come in overly flamboyant and creating a great big storm around you a lot of us will go we'll have to put up this for three years um <laughs> And also not only the staff, it's the fellow students as well. So um, it's, yeah, so it's it's striking a balance between us really sitting up and noticing you uh, or us sitting up and going, oh dear. You were mentioning about making the accessibility of getting auditions out there via Zoom and tech. How how about in terms of making it more accessible, whether it's race, class, disability, how has ArtSet been doing that and how can they improve on that? everyone can always improve on EDI issues. So um, we've been slightly ahead of the curve. There's no denying of that. Um, We have uh, a much more diverse um, 
faculty, our staff, and we have a much more diverse student cohort. Our current intake in the first year um, is uh, over, I think it's about 55-60% um, from people of different backgrounds, from people of colour, which is to be celebrated, but also we can always improve. There's other parts of the school which needs to be improved. Um, but at least you have one part area of the organisation that is really uh, a leading light on this, and it also is very aspirational for other parts, especially within musical theatre and the day school and sixth form as well. Um, so uh, to, it is really, really important the whole life is reflected in the drama school and also on television and on stage as well, um, which is obviously easier said than done. So how do you attract people from different backgrounds? I was reading uh, in The Guardian today that um, the lowest represented groups um, are from white working class males um, in, in universities. So it is reaching out to all areas within within the UK to, to ensure that there is representation. Um, well, how can you do that? Well, I know it's, it's expensive going to drama school, but we do have ways of getting people through. We have, we're part of the dance and drama award system, which means that um, the students would uh, get a, a lot, most of their fees paid for. We have significant bursaries and scholarships as well to support uh, along the way. Um, we are developing our outreach program and we're going into different areas of the UK as well and working with people who are currently doing drama or BTEX. Now here's a problem. How can we outreach to schools and colleges that are doing BTEC acting or BTEC musical theatre when BTECs look likely to be cut? Yeah. Mm. Who is actually going to be doing anything in performing arts in schools? Well, that becomes even more more difficult for drama schools to, to, to reach out for people. Um, so it isn't just an enclave of, of the white middle class. And that is, it is really, really worrying. And obviously drama schools are small themselves and not, um, don't have huge budgets, but a huge significant part of the budget is spent on outreach. And that is very important. Um, but I think it needs a wider conversation. Um, and it isn't just about the business that we are training actors and musical theatre performers for. I think it's also at a government level as well. Um, and there seems to be no engagement with the performing arts at the moment, especially at the moment. Yeah, I think all of us can share frustrations in terms of how this industry from grassroots to the longest serving professionals have been utterly neglected in in, in many ways. In, in, in the past year it's a real shame but um i think that the answer to that question is is so um complete as it were and if if all drama schools really are pulling in the same direction then hopefully that can have a a positive long-term effect um in our sort of chronology of this discussion now we, we're sort of going to move on to the the training the actual training at drama schools and how does the training at arts ed differ to other drama schools what makes that experience unique so every drama school is going to say that you, they have a unique selling point, and I genuinely think we do. Um, one of the one of our advantages is that we're we're independent, so we're not part of a big university. We're not a department within a university like some drama schools are. So um, I always think of Artset as being a beach buggy. Um, you're going down the sand dunes, and you can change direction at any point. Um, so you can react very quickly to industry changes or developments. Um, if it, when you're a department within university, it's much more of an oil tanker. It takes a long time to get the message down to the engine to start changing direction. 
So we're very much industry-led. There's an industry focus, even from year one. It's There is always an eye on the business, and the business is changing, and it's changing all the time, not only through a, a global pandemic, but the, the whole tech part of it, but also um, we've always been aware of what the business is uh, requiring, and we've always been aware of that in a very short term. So even the way that we train, train actors today is very different from when it was five years ago. So it's to get out of that institutionalized way of teaching acting. It's just very different. So it's very um, focused on course development uh, with the industry. Um, students are much more savvy as to the world that they are going in. It's everything is at everyone's fingertips. So the students know a great deal more. When I left um, drama school in 1563, uh, <laughs> obviously, <laughs> it was if you do what equity spotlight or a casting director was, I just rocked up and went, oh, give us a job. So, and luckily they did. So there is, everyone is super aware of, of the world. Um, so I think it's our role as a drama school to recognise industry trends, what people need, what people need to um, further their career. And I, I just think one of the words, the uh, analogies I use is keys. It's really our job at ArtSec to give you a bunch of keys which you know exactly which door each key fits. And once you go through that door, who knows what's beyond that, but at least you've got into, you've got through the door into the next part of the acting world, as it were. And that is very much how we see our training. We give you as many keys as possible through to voice, physicality, then the agent, um, the business, the casting director side of it. So, and that will give you a real um, broad understanding of the business. And I think that is absolutely important. Why do you want to be an actor? And do you know the world that you're going into? Yeah, yeah, that's so important. When you leave, it can be a real, real shock. But I think Artsad really prepares you for that, even down to tax issues and things like that. Mm. But it was, um, it was showreels, wasn't it, that um, I remember standing out from our course being that, you know, quite a few drama schools now do provide at least their BA actors with a showreel. But when mm-hmm. myself and Christian were at Art said, I think it was the only school that I was aware of. I don't want to get <laughs> make a libelous comment, but I, was, I thought that Art said was the only school at that time that provided their actors with a industry standard showreel to leave the school with. And now everywhere is trying to do the same thing. I thought that that sort of stacked together with your June buggy um metaphor really nicely yeah absolutely and, and we're constantly looking at how, how to uh, improve as well so one of the things that and also things that you did need that perhaps don't need what do you need now what intimacy training that wasn't no one ever heard of intimacy training five years ago now it's being embedded into the program um we're exploring other avenues as well so even from uh, uh what we're doing is in with our first year actors to improve their physicality and connection between physicality and language we're going to be teaching them british sign language so art said is going to become an institution accredited for for british sign language which is really exciting because then you're you're equipping equipping actors to tell stories in very many different ways i love that i literally used um a bsl in a in a play last year before everything shut down so that that would have that would have really come in handy um christian i interrupted you a minute ago you were, you were about to ask a question and i i jumped in so please do carry on <laughs> what was i going to ask oh it was, um art said obviously has a top mus- musical theater course and when me and 
me and Matthew were there, the acting course was very much coming up. What do you think each student from each course can learn from each other? Uh, yeah, that is uh, quite an easy. They can learn so much from each other, so much. And uh, so there's two words that I think. So I think that the musical theatre students can learn detail. Detail. Detail of text. Detail of character. That is what I think they can really learn from the acting students. And um, and I think the acting students can learn from the MTs a real sense of dedication. They're always in studios rehearsing, they're acting or singing or dance. So I think that is and coupled with enthusiasm. And what has been particularly exciting for me this academic year, there's not much to be getting excited about. One thing is we have a brand new building built within our old courtyard of our arts and we've got these brand new studios and it's opened up the whole of HE. So there's no longer the acting corridor, the musical theatre corridor, mm. it's HE corridor. So you have the actors doing their movement and acting classes in the same classes that perhaps musical theatre would be doing from a dance class. And it's all in one long corridor with open, it's all very visible and open uh, windows so you do find a lot of students actually in musical theatre watching each other in classes or rehearsals and then you see there's much more of a link there's a discussion after the class so they will go in they will say for example watching an, an animal study class and you can see the MTs waiting outside waiting to speak to the acting students um, and all the actors could be watching rehearsals for the musical and there's a much more dialogue connection so um, that learning from each other is, isn't something that is now what aspirational it's something that's actually physically happening in the building and because we've made the building much more user-friendly yeah I, re I really like that because um it's it's by low you know you you put them together based on locations they've got no no choice but to um to absorb that that's really lovely because sometimes when we were when we were training in a studio was booked that we'd normally be in and we go to like a dance studio and we go in and just sort of stare at a ballet bar and go, what on earth do you do with that and things? <laughs> so it's really nice that that's, um, that's opened up more. Um, if you could sort of describe a, a model student, a perfect student, I know there never really is everything, you know, and some of the flaws are what make, um, performers who they are but if you could make a model student one that as so far as you can in this industry would be guaranteed success what would they be like when they're training um yes so i think the the, the whole perfection thing is really really important um if they're perfect they're per they're so wrong for this business <laughs> there's no such, there's no such thing if you if you want perfection um i would say become a mathematician that is the one thing that makes up a great student someone who absolutely realized they will never be perfect and i think i've seen it over, over the years more and more people say but I, i'm such a perfectionist i want this to be perfect and i was like this is just go and do nuclear physics or something but you have to be perfect acting is not a perfect art form and that's the reason why you can do it night after night i can't think of any living actor whoever walked off stage or walked off set and said, golly, I was perfect then. It just doesn't happen. Or even any artist, any sculptor, any um, painter would never say that they were perfect. So accepting that you will never be perfect is one thing. And then that uh, coupled along with being fearless, bold, fun, mm. really important, focused, a bit steely. And also all of us have demons, but I think 
uh, being in control of your demons and when when to be able to control demons or when to use those demons i think that is something that is something that we're all getting more used to and able to work with as well as we support more students who present with issues regarding anxiety and mental health yeah it was so valuable what you said there i i had that battle when i was in first year and second year trying to get it right whatever that is and really it's just down to interpretation of how you interpret the text so yeah yeah um, absolutely i mean just even what some people may think is just brilliant is some people not so it is and it's there's no such thing as perfection and if perfection is getting in your way that is the major thing major thing that all performers must get over you're never yeah, perfect exactly chris the classes are so varied at drama schools and and i look back at, to uni where you could just skip lectures if you didn't like them <laughs> What, what what advice would you give to students who are really struggling with a particular class? I always remember being at drama school and I skipped a couple of singing classes because I felt humiliated when I go there and I got called into your office. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you remember that. I got a bit of a telling off. Um, <laughs> I would just gently coerce them into going back to that class. Actually, that's, that's, yeah, that's slightly stumbling because um, I want to think of the, the best answers. As a student, um, you always think you know exactly what is right for you and what you will need to be able to be the best possible actor or to be this perfect actor. But I don't think anyone really knows what has been the best for them until uh, until a couple of years later. And you think, golly, I could... I'm only can do this now because I wasn't very good at that then. So, for example, um, when I was at college, I we had to learn this um, this Russian dance, and I was like, "Why do I have to do Russian dance? I'm never there's no um, there's no Russian musicals, of course there are." And I was like, "This will never I'll never use this." Well, actually, and I didn't for about twenty five years until I was uh, interviewed to choreograph um, the national tour of Fiddle on the Roof. And in Fiddle on the Roof, there's a Russian dance. It's like, I've done this. I've got some things on this somewhere. And of course, I got the gig. Um, but at the time, I thought it was absolutely useless. But also as well, not everything um, in life that you learn is going to be useful at that particular time or ever. But that's not the point. The point is, it stimulates you, hopefully, into looking further in, in exploring other, other other options and other, other values as well. So um, did, did, I do, uh, did I do some historical dancing with you? Do you remember that? Or did I do that with you guys? We, we, did, we did ballroom and stuff yeah. like that. I don't think we did that with you. And that, that was quite an experience trying to, trying to be graceful. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I don't think we did yeah. historical dance to my knowledge. Um, maybe yeah maybe it wasn't and I did it with with one one year and it's actually really 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 tricky and it's really really hard um and it doesn't matter that the fact you won't actually use that skill it's the process of doing that so you may well be in a situation whether it's as an actor or as a creative where you have to do something that you know that you're not very good at but in the moment you've got to make the best of it rather than just walking away thinking I'm not very good at this Mm. so um so I think it is, we've all got to do things that we really don't like doing. Yeah, we yeah, um, you, we sort of briefly touched on uh, Christian's apprehension and, and stress towards uh, singing class there. And I'd love, to, I'd love to sort of touch on dealing with um, 
those sort of moments at drama school because it's such a it it was a three-year experience where you, you really do get the highest of the highs and unavoidably you also get some real real lows and there's it's a huge amount of pressure and stress uh, every year and uh, particularly the industry sort of led third year um how should students manage this this kind of pressure and stress and um, what systems do you have in place at art said that help students that might be um struggling so at the time the, the mistake or the issue that you're dealing with is the biggest thing to you in the world because you feel like you either, you feel like you're just terrible, you can't do it, you're humiliated, you feel rubbish. But in the grand scheme of things, it doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter. It's like if you, I don't know, forget, forget ask for a line during a dress rehearsal, it doesn't matter. That's all part of growing. It's all part of being uh, a human being and going back, going back to perfection. So, um, so we try and if something is a big deal to someone, we try and just diffuse it. It's it's not a big deal. What what is a big deal? Well, the big deal is that the what's going on at the moment. That's a big deal um, uh, with a global pandemic. So trying to diffuse, find out why something has become uh, a, a big uh, bigger issue. Um, we, since you've been here, we've really beefed up our support for students as well. So we have a health and wellbeing uh, officer in the building. Um, we have um, really extensive support from counselling services, and that's online as well, um, which makes it much easier for students to be able to choose a counsellor that they would be able to connect with rather than having um, less options. And that's really important. Um, we're also uh, engaged with students also being part of the support um, that we offer students. So um, we have uh, mental health first aiders as staff, and we also train students, a selection of students, about 30 students a year, to become mental health first aiders. Um, and that has been, we've actually found that to be really, really empowering as well, that the students um, are also part of the solution. Um, and we do um, life gyms. It's exactly the same you, as a normal gym. You go to the gym, you work out your body. You go to the life gym, you work out your life. Yeah. And uh, we do several evenings where well. we do uh, men's evenings when they can discuss things that only men would like to talk to other men about. And I think this is really now embedded into the ethos of all of us at Artset as well. And I think that's really important. So there's a huge amount of support. Then there's other practical support as well, that we have an osteopath and um, sports masseurs and vocal um, laryngeal massage experts as well that we can refer to people. So we do look after people holistically. So it is mind and body. Wow. I wish I was there when you had the sports masseuses. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Coming handy. Or masseurs. <laughs> yes. Um, Chris, how do you develop? You've got obviously amazing contacts and huge agents coming to speak to the students. How do you go about getting these casting directors and agents to attend third year shows and showcases? You've just got to keep yourself absolutely relevant um, and not institutionalised. You've got to get out. You've got to know exactly what's going on. You've got to know who's doing what. So you've always got to be one step ahead. And so um, I, I do. I do schmooze 
agents and casting directors um, and I will take them for, to the theatre, I will take them to dinner, I will get them interested in, in what we are doing. Um, and also as well, um, even something as simple as during the pandemic, I contacted almost every person that has a, a relationship with Arts Ed, the casting directors and agents, and just check in just to see how they're doing because they are obviously um, humans and also not working that much as well at the moment. So I think it's just keeping that the goodwill, the good, um, goodwill between a drama school and, and the business as well. But it's also, it isn't just about having nice lunches. It's also about finding from them where the business is going. Um, who who is who's going to be taking over the national in ten years? Who's going to be um, who's going to be writing the next Olivier Award winning play? Uh, so that is also really important, and that's one of the things I think that we do do quite well here is um, discovering exciting new t- creative talent, um, so that you as a student would work them more likely in the third year. And the next thing is you find out that actually they're now. Um, Artistic director of Northern Stage, for example, uh, Nat- uh, Natalie Ibu, she worked for Arts Ed and uh, now is employing lots of our students and graduates as well because she worked with them. And you know what this business is like when you work with somebody, then they come in the room for a cast and go, God, I've worked, yeah, I've worked with Christian. He was fantastic, he was really, really good. Um, let's, let's bring him in. Yeah, I know, he's got a great process. Um, so, uh, and, and that recommendation goes a long, long way when you know that somebody is not going to be an idiot in rehearsals. Yeah. yeah, I was about to ask, actually, what, what advice do you give to your students when these type of people are coming in to impress them? Because I know there can be you can end up doing too much, being too flamboyant, trying to show you're great rather than just relaxing and being you. Yeah, well, I think it's just it's just quite simple. It's just this when I do my chat in the, in the when the first just come in, I said it's just very two simple rules of arts ed and probably the business and potentially life is don't be late and don't be a dick <laughs> I, I remember that exact talk yeah i do because <laughs> <laughs> there was there was another moment um in that talk that you did then which i don't think is relevant now when when they used to have the spotlight books with all the the new graduates and you you did this thing where you got all the books together and you said like an alphabet you're like a to c graduates threw that book on the floor and you went through all of the books saying um this is how many people graduate this is how seriously you need to take it um in your experience, what is it that makes the people that, you know, turn up on time, don't be a dick, but the real ones that really break through to that that next level? What what separates them sometimes from other students? What what can other students or professional actors learn from those individuals? Yeah, I almost want to say I wish I absolutely knew because three years is a long time and people that can be um, um, a bit of a dick in year one, we they develop into really amazing human beings and then fly. So like, gosh, that's brilliant. That's happened. There's some people who, who are just, they walk in and you think they're so used to being alpha student. And actually that's by the second year, they become a beta student and then, and then it just drops down. So it, it, it's not, the path is not always clear. It, it, I used to love throwing those books down. That was the one of the best, but it was so dramatic, but it's also, really <laughs> <good>. <laughs> I don't do it. We had, I've recycled them. It's just, because everyone's looking at it and going, what is that? It's yeah. a book. <laughs> <laughs> um, however, I now got, uh, I do talk about Spotlight and 
And that was a good way of, of um, saying how many people in the business, which there are. But there are 73,000 people in Spotlight. Wow. <laughs> is that your stunner fact you whack out this time? Is that the one? It is. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, that is, that is my that is my new stat. I think that's even more impact because I'm not having to slum. Oh. 73,000 pieces of paper. Apps. Yes. 73,000 apps on Spotlight. So what what how do you stand out? Well obviously the drama school that you've been, there's um there's the obviously you've got the 14 drama schools in the Federation of Drama Schools, they're all very well connected with the business. Um you can only go into Spotlight if you've either been to uh, one of the registered drama schools or you have I think it's for professional credits and, and something else. Um so what what do you need? I'm gonna uh pro quote Robert Lindsay, he did a graduation a couple of years ago and he said, so what do you need to make it in this business? And it's slightly flippant, but I'm going to dig down a little bit afterwards. But the three things you need are looks, luck and talent. Hmm. So looks doesn't mean to say that you look like a model. It's actually you look right for that part that the casting director is looking for. You walk through the door and you go, oh, that's the look I want. Hmm. And then uh, luck is you were lucky that actually that the casting director flipped on page 73,000 to see your spotlight link to say, oh, I think that's the look that we want. And of course, you've got to pin, underpin all of that with talent. Hmm. You've got to be able to come up with the goods. Yeah. yeah. Chris, I, was, uh, I think a really important question to ask is it can be a really difficult time for students in third year that are, some are getting agents, some aren't. What, what advice do you give to students that are leaving drama school without an agent? Because I know that can be really, really tough. Yeah, um, honestly, I could weep with what the graduates and last year's graduates are having to go through. I mean, it's bad enough being an actor or creative in this business, but but training for a business where it seems like you're training for something that doesn't actually exist. And it, yeah. uh, I'm trying to be as positive as possible and saying the business will come back. There are green shoots. I'm not being totally Pollyanna about it, but there are green shoots. There are There is a lot happening in TV. Um, film is creeping back, um, theatre less so, but but will do. Um, so what? Having an agent is not the be all and end all. Okay, um, uh, it it really isn't. You can you can work away on your own. You have all the skills, hopefully, um, from being three years or one year in the master's program from drama school. You have all the skills, so you're not any less skilled than somebody with an agent. But you just have to keep squirreling away. You have to keep using those keys, those um, skill keys that you've acquired throughout the three years and actually using them in a very positive way. Because it can be like, well, that's the end. I didn't get an agent. Well, there are a lot of agents at the moment that are going out of business because they don't have the work either. So it is about being finding a way of being uh, creative being using those skills in a slightly different way, thinking outside of the box. Because an agent at the end of the day, this is no respect to all my very, very talented and amazing agent friends out there, but an agent is just an agent, like a travel agent. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Every single agent deleted me from every single session. <laughs> yeah, we can cut it, we can cut it, Chris, we're good. We can... <laughs> it's travel agents. But they are, they're an agent, they're a conduit. They're conduit from from, um, from a person to a job. Uh, so it's an employment, it's an employment agency. So that's that's what it is. 
and at the end of the day trying to get a job so if that agency doesn't work for you then you can move to another agency to get more, more uh, a different type of job so i think it's just again just de-escalate the um the amount of status that an importance that graduates and drama school third year students put on agents you still have to rely on your skill you mm. an agent can't get you a job you get the job it's your skill you get the job yeah you've um i'd, I'd, I'd love to um to wrap up um with this this question you've, you've mentioned a few times the sort of uh, differences that the past year have made on drama schools and the industry um but i'd love to sort of touch back on that and say how has art said been coping with the past year or so's events and what can we expect from the school this year and in the near future hopefully when things get back to whatever this new normal is going to be so as i said before art said is a beach buggy so we've been able to change direction and we are frequently changing direction and navigating all the pitfalls of um of the coronavirus pandemic so just the, the student we're trying to be as resilient as possible um a couple of years ago we invested very very heavily in our it which will again probably make you lads go like oh why didn't they do that when we were there <laughs> we have a brilliant it manager so as soon as we went uh, this all happened we went online and everything worked so everything's on zoom or microsoft classrooms it's not the it's not like the real thing but we've been able to do it and as we've come out of lockdown then have to go back into lockdown again everyone is in that world and can access it so what are we doing we're doing at the moment five weeks of online training and then we're stopping we're stopping we're not doing any more online we're going to stop and then we are going to for every week that we're not working we're going to add on to the end into the summer so students do get face-to-face training brilliant uh, that's totally important to us um some stuff we will do um digi- digitally um but what's important is that if we are filming a play or a musical we're not going to do it online we're going to film it in our theater so we're still filming a theatrical experience the students are having a theatrical experience but then, of course, we may not be able to have the audiences. But what we can do is then we can send those medias to the biz- that media to the business. So we are trying to um, keep the students as focused and as positive as possible, but at the same time, um, keeping a sense of realism. Um, there are many students who are dealing with all sorts of different things. We've, we've had students who have lost parents and relatives as well. So it isn't just about the fact that we're trying to deliver training online. We're also dealing with bereavement and uh, the impact of a global pandemic. Um, so that is, we're trying to keep our, our feet well and truly on the ground. And it would be quite easy for us to feel very, very sorry for ourselves, but that is not gonna achieve anything and um, get anybody where they want to be in the future. So I've adopted a little bit of um, a motto and I've borrowed it from Winston Churchill, and it's that we are gonna keep buggering on. Mm. I love that. It's it, It's been a real pleasure talking to you this afternoon, Chris, about such a, um, an industry topic that I feel like needs more clarity on the sort of drama school training experience and we and we thought of no one better to talk to than yourself and you certainly delivered on that today so thank you so much for giving us your time and your knowledge and yeah have a great afternoon thank you thank you for taking the time to listen to our podcast we hope you enjoyed it and learned something we look forward to having you back in the room very very soon